Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show Finbar Ross, who actually is in the middle of a sacred site tour in Europe and has kindly agreed to join us uh, on his way to Iona, uh, but actually finds himself this, this evening in Scotland on the Isle of Mull, which is a, an island just off the west coast of Scotland. So, Finbar, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Peter. Absolutely delighted to be here. And I know that you are an expert on, on leading sacred site tours uh, all around the world, and this particular tour is, is uh, essentially Scotland and Ireland at the moment. I'd love you to uh, explain to our listeners why it's so important for us to go to these sacred sites, and when you do go there, what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Well, uh, the sacred sites carry with them a major matrix from the ancient peoples. And, you know, they have been prayers, they have been druids, they have been Atlanteans, some of them are Atlantean sites. So we have all these energies, and when people go on to these sites, they awaken within them, within them uh, whatever it is that they're carrying. Because each time that you visit a sacred site... Uh, your vibration and the vibration, you're carrying the vibration of the now. The sacred site is carrying the vibration of the now, but it's also carrying the ancient matrix, and it awakens different energies within you. And so this is what, and so when people go on and say, for example, they go on to a stone circle, and they put their hands on the stones, or they stand maybe in the center of the circle, they suddenly find themselves awake and aware to maybe a past life, to maybe something that's uh, in their current life that they're avoiding looking at. Uh, They may also get a solution to a problem that they're looking at. Uh, One never knows. They're just transformational journeys, and the energy of the sight awakens a person. And uh, so, and the same with holy wells. People have great experiences at holy wells. And just to, just explain uh, again to our listeners holy wells and, and how they arise and why the energy there is so significant. Well, 
These sites have been, some of these sites are 6, 8, 10, 12,000 years old, where sacred ceremony has been taking place. Uh, take, for example, Chartres Cathedral in, in, in France. That's a cathedral today, but 2,000 years ago, up to about the 10th century, it was a Druid oracle site. And so before that, so for thousands of years before that, you had the Druids there. And the well that is under Chartres Cathedral right now was a sacred holy Druid well. And so they used the water from that, creating sacred ceremony. And it had seven streams running out of this well. And those ceremonies would have involved potential healings as well as insights and awareness. That's it. Yeah, wonderful. So we're actually on a very, very special day today, and, and there's no, no coincidences, Fimbar. And we've got this phenomenal full moon in Sagittarius, sun sign Gemini, and we've got this lunar eclipse uh, on top of all of this energetically. It's been a very intense few days, I know, for a lot of people whose stuff has been coming up. So uh, we're about to go into the energy, well, we, we are in the energy, but the actual full moon itself, lunar eclipse, is taking place in an hour or so. So in terms of where you are on Mull, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to go down to the, um, to the seafront, and uh, we're going to get onto the beach, and we're going to have, see what we can uh, experience. Uh, we have um, some sacred sound. We have some oils. So we're going to uh, go into a circle, and uh, we're going to create a sacred ritual, and depending on what happens with each one of us, each person within the group will be free to express what it is that they're receiving, because the whole thing about a sacred site tour and, and about something like this is that several people uh, can have an experience and they're going to share it with all of the rest of the group. And in, and in Malt t tonight, is the, uh, is the lunar eclipse supposedly visible? It's supposedly visible at 10 p.m. tonight. And you have a clear sky above you? And we have, a clear, we have some cloud, but it's mainly clear. Uh, so, so it could be, a, could be a beautiful experience. It could be a beautiful experience. The only thing we're not sure about is because it doesn't get dark here until about 11.30 at night. We're not sure what it will be like at 10 o'clock and what we will be able to, to see. To see, yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Is, the moon up? is the moon up? Can you see it at this point? No, we can't see it yet. Still too bright, eh? Hey? Wow. Yeah. So uh, just, just tell us uh, about a couple of other spots that you've been to so far on your journey on this particular trip. <laughs> And perhaps a couple of examples of some of the things that have happened, because when you are on sacred ceremony, I know that you, you need to look out for signs and symbols along the way. So just tell us a little bit about what's happened so far. Okay. And on um, Sunday, we were at uh, the Isle of Whitthorn, which is uh, an Irish saint that opened uh, up a monastery there in the, in the 5th century. And, um, but the most profound thing that happened there was um, he has um, a cave. And we went there, and everybody that uh, experienced that this was a place where he came to pray for the, for the ancestors, and everything was about peace and about ascension. And um, it, it was just the feeling of peace while the people were there, and, and the experience that people had, and how they were able to connect with a loved one. 
was just absolutely amazing. And we went from there to a stone circle called the Thorhouse Stone Circle. And there within the circle, which, as it turns out, I, they asked me what was it about, and I said, I don't want to tell you what it's about. I want you to go in and feel the circle and tell me what it's about. And so I said, then I will tell you if you got right or not. And then some of them went and said, oh, my God, this is a goddess circle. I can feel the energy of the goddess off the stones. And it was a very cold, windy day. And the, the stones were hot, and it was like the energy was flowing off the stones, and everybody was suddenly totally and absolutely energized. And they could see all this dance, and that there was a temple of the Vestal Virgins there. And so people were coming together with all of this experience, and about five of the group came up with exactly the same experience. It's really neat when that happens, isn't it, when people validate each other's... Because uh, for some people, it's very subtle and slight, and for some, it's like a full-blown experience. And so yeah. when you get that validation, it really helps everybody, doesn't it? It helps everybody. And and then we went from there, we went to uh, the Isle of Arne, and uh, then we went to a little boat out to Lamish Island, which is owned by the Buddhist. And there's, again, there was an Irish saint, uh, Saint Molecule, that had uh, a holy well and a little church there, and he was a hermit as well. He had a cave. So we went and experienced that. And while we were doing an initiation ceremony at the holy well, where some people had their feet in the stream as it flowed away from the well and, and having healing experiences, up popped two wild white goats on the rock over at the well. And I had never seen wild goats come this close before. Also, they were perfectly white, and I had never seen totally white goats before. And that's usually so a signal of uh, nature connecting in with us. Yeah, and a, and a sign of spirit being present too through the, the pure whiteness of the goats. Yes, yes. And so then we went from from there onto um, a beautiful what I would call. Um, a community of stone circles and standing stones and cairns, and there is a total of eight of them in about, um, I suppose, as you walk in through the, the moor, uh, <clears throat> it's within a mile. And it's absolutely amazing. And you go to each one of them. The first one that I took them to, uh, they were experiencing the guardian and somebody protecting the site. And the next one, it was all about education. It was about wisdom. And then we came to another one, and they were telling me, okay, this is about the children. And there were two interlocking, connecting circles. And one was like, say, for people under the age of seven. And one, when you graduated, you had your initiation, say, at age seven. Then you went to the next stone circle, and it was like a, a place of learning. And it was magical. And as you, as different people came up to me and said, this is what I'm getting here. And having four or five or six people come up and tell you exactly the same thing. And they were all having the same experience. And then we went to these huge standing stones, which are about 15 foot tall. And we are there, and we did a healing ceremony with the bell. Uh, I have a healing bell, and uh, we rang the bell there. And the stones are absolutely 
they come alive, and then they tell you about the wisdom of the stones after you do the bell. So, so. I, I spent some time in Stonehenge and Avebury last March and actually came to the realization that sound frequency is a very important part of the way in which the stone circles communicate. So by resonating the sound of your bell, then you, you almost wake them up from slumber and they can give even more information. That is correct. Yeah, and then you get all sorts of flow of information from them. And one stone uh, actually was there. He gave me some information, and then he said, "When you come back next year, I will give you the rest. This is sufficient." For now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only give you half the story. <laughs> they give you half the story, and then you've got to come back you, to get. You've got the to rest. come back. So, Finbar, yeah. I'd love you to comment just upon what it's like uh, different, because you're in some fairly remote areas off the west coast of the. the UK, uh, in terms of Scotland and Ireland. Um, so is it, do you sense a difference uh, to places like Stonehenge and Avery, where there's hundreds and thousands of people go there, relative to a smaller number in these locations? Oh, it's totally different. Like where we were yesterday in these uh, seven stone circles, uh, eight or eight, I have only ever met, I have never met another group there. Okay. And yeah. and it's the same down at when we go down to Whitthorn. I nobody down there. These sites are so pure, and you know there is just nobody visits them. And and they are there, and you can be there. And I, I had them at a, um, a site uh, in. Um, on the Isle of uh, Arne, or on uh, in um, Kilmartin today, and I took them down into Kilmartin Woods, and there's a site there that I've been going to for 10 years and had never, ever met anybody there but my own group. Wow. And it has beautiful sarcophaguses and everything, and people have wonderful experiences in this uh, grove of beach and uh, beech trees. Absolutely amazing. So you're you're taking people on uh, extraordinary journeys outside the the realm of of most people's knowing. Yes. <laughs> so what, <laughs> tell me what your uh, hopes are when you go to Iona. Obviously, you're you're heading there next. What's the plan there? Well, my plan there is when I get to Iona to um, tomorrow morning. Um, I am uh, my first visit will be to the Abbey, and there is. Uh, a little uh, vortex in the Abbey where I get a little download of information every year about uh, what I can expect in the next 12 months in the world and where it is heading for. Uh, like four years ago, I got transparency. Then I got the following year, transparency and compassion. The next year, I got transparency, uh, compassion and balance. Uh, this year, it was last October when I was there, I got transparency, uh, compassion and resurrection and of course we are in a time of resurrection right now and we want to uh, we're going to coming up to our first break Finbar but I, we're going to begin talking about resurrection and your strong connection with the sacred feminine energies and Christ consciousness and the second coming of the Christ within and it's going to be uh, interesting to follow this little line of uh, thinking as we go this is Peter Tung for awakening to conscious co-creation Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just want to remind you to go to my own website, www.petertung.com and see all the exciting things that we're involved and engaged in, as well as uh, com, our sponsors for this series of shows, where there's a wonderful opportunity to join the Ambassadors of Light class, uh, a class that I give every two weeks, and we just had a wonderful Gemini uh, Landscape Zodiac workshop on Sunday. Uh, very similar um, wonderful insights that Finbar has been talking about in our workshop as well, and I'll be talking about that, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, the 23rd, uh, as well as talking about the uh, summer solstice that will be or will have just taken, t- taken place at that time. So please do check out www.myheartcenteredjourney.com for several other features on that uh, website as well. So back to you now, Fimbo, and, I, and you mentioned the, the goddess site that you went to, and, I, and I'd love uh, to hear you now talk a little bit about the energies of the sacred feminine because I know this is something that you work very uh, very closely on and why it's so important at this time. Well, the, the sacred sites uh, right now have the energies of uh, the second coming. And the second coming are the awakening within ourselves. We are not going to have any magical Jesus come down and take us by the hand. We, the whole thing is happening within ourselves. It's an inner journey. It's a flame that's burning within each one of us. And the sacred feminine is the awakener because it's the female energy that awakens the male. And in the same way that um, I believe that... Um, you know, when the Essenes put together uh, the whole journey and the whole experience of bringing through the Christ consciousness, they, it came through with Mother Mary, who was an Essene, and so she was the vessel that brought through this child of magnificent energy, uh, who we know as Jesus. And then we, along comes Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene, I believe Christ was the vessel to bring this energy true, but she was the soul of that consciousness that walked it on the earth. 
So the two of them together combined. And I believe that the man and the woman, and especially the woman, because I think everything grows out of the woman. I think the woman is the most powerful change agent in the world today. Well, that's a very profound and powerful, powerful statement. So for those people who are waking up, and we've got men and women, thank goodness, waking up more women than men, um, what, what, what is it that you're um, doing with people in terms of awakening this sacred feminine energy, both for the, for the women, women in the world and men in the world? Just, just explain that to us a little bit. It's about the nurturing. We have to nurture ourselves and honor ourselves. We have to be heart-centered. Um, you know, the, the whole thing is coming from the heart. And if it's right, and instead of responsibility, we have to take accountability. And so we take accountability for our own actions. We are God. We have to look at ourselves as God and that everything we do is right and correct. And so when you're with, with people and on this awakening journey, whether it's a sacred site tour or whether you're doing some emotional healing, let's say, with someone, what is it that you actually do to assist them in this process? Well, if I'm doing healing with a person, I just have my hands on them and I allow spirit, uh, Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene or whoever comes true to that person, their guide, their guide is going to bring them to the place that it needs to be. All I am is a facilitator. I am creating a sacred space for that person to receive the energy. And that person is then going to have their experience and they will have their own vision or they will have the healing in their body or they will have whatever it is meant for them on their soul journey to be because their soul determines what is going to happen for them. And just talk a little bit more about the um, Christ consciousness energy. You mentioned about Mother Mary and the Essenes. Uh, but talk about, what, again, for people to help them understand what you mean by what is Christ consciousness exactly. Christ consciousness is an energy that flows. If you take all the great teachers that have come through, each one of them brought a message. Each one of them brought us an understanding, took us to a new place of understanding. My understanding is that uh, the Christ energy was a new consciousness because everybody born after the crucifixion, was born with Christ consciousness. It doesn't matter what religion you were born into. Everybody was born with the love, with the, the love energy. And so this was a heart-centered energy, which is now coming to life within each one of us because we went through the period where it was tried to be put down. We had the dark ages. We have everything. So now we have the second coming of this energy. It's like the transparency. Everything is no longer hidden. Everything is within. Nothing can be swept under the carpet anymore. <laughs> and so this, this uh, awakening of the Christ consciousness that's already within us, it's, 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 it's going within and awakening it, uh, leads to the second coming of the Christ within us. Within us, yes. So what is that like for people as, the, as they are awakening and they're, and they're sort of coming into that awareness and, and alignment with themselves? What are you seeing happen to people when they get into that place on that journey? They, 
they fully under they have come to an, a, a realization that they the only person that they really are accountable to is to themselves to the god within themselves and that their responsible first responsibility is to themselves that they are no mistakes and that everything that happens in their life they look at it and they say why did i draw this challenge to myself what is it that I am learning from this challenge? Why did I bring this person into my life at this time? Uh, why is that person mirroring this for me? And so if, somebody, if you have an... What it's doing as well is it say, for example, you have an argument with somebody. It's teaching a discernment where you sit down and say, is this my issue or is it their issue? If it's their issue, you let it go and let them work it out themselves. If it's your issue, then you have to decide, okay, what am I going to do about this? Exactly. So um, what I'd love you to do now is to give us a little bit of um, a, a background story of, of, you mentioned Mother Mary and the Essenes and Mary Magdalene and Jesus. Could you just tell us what you know took place in that time from your experience and your research and your journeys to the sacred sites? Well, from my experience, you know, the, the Essenes spent 500 years uh, at creating through their, what we would call their, their sacred feminine um, temple, uh, all these young maidens to, to see which went like it, like uh, a Vestal Virgins type uh, of uh, seminary. And so they... Um, waited for the right moment and they were being guided uh, from the above and so they knew when the right moment came and Mother Mary was chosen. I believe that Mother Mary was the earthly incarnation of Sophia, who Sophia is the feminine aspect of God in my belief and uh, Sophia is the Holy Spirit. So um, and then along comes Jesus and he has his first, uh, for the first 12 years, he's with, with Mary and Joseph. And then he has, he goes through his Essene initiations. And then he suddenly, which uh, I, my understanding is that these uh, finished with him spending three days in a sarcophagus. Then he uh, went in and spoke in the temple. And suddenly he disappears. And there is no trace of him again. But my understanding and from my research is what happened is that Joseph of Arimathea took him to Britain. And he grew up with the, he spent five years with the Druids in Britain, Scotland, and Ireland. And so you have places in Ireland that's called the Chair of Isa. You have uh, all the stories about Jesus and his time in Glastonbury. Then you have the Isle of Isa in Scotland. You have the tradition that he is uh, that he had a child with Mary Magdalene in Scotland. You have uh, about ten miles from where I am right now. There's a church in a place called uh, Derwig which has the most beautiful stained glass window of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, commissioned in 1906, and nobody knows who commissioned it, but it's Jesus and Mary Magdalene holding right their right hands, and she's pregnant. It is, Andy, when you stand in front of this window, it's just absolutely amazing. But then after he finished his 
um, Druid initiations, which he spent five years with the Druids, which culminated again with three days in the sarcophagus. Joseph of Arimathea then took him to India, and where he spent another period of time in India, going through all the various initiations in India, and again finishing with three days in the sarcophagus, and his final initiation, or his fourth initiation, well, was in Alexandria, where he went through all the um, Egyptian uh, initiations, and again culminating with three days in the sarcophagus. And the fifth and final initiation um, was the crucifixion. And if we go to numerology, it's all about freedom, it's about ascension, it's about everything, and that was, that's my belief. And I believe that he did not die on the cross, that he just spent another three days, but he became a totally enlightened being and was able to come and go through the veils after that. So I have to ask you the question, what, what, what's the significance of the three days in the sarcophagus after each of these uh, initiations? Uh, my understanding of the three was that he was bringing together the masculine and the feminine into sacred union. And this was what, why the three days, because one was the masculine, two was the feminine, and bringing them together into three where you had the sacred union. So, he, so having gone through the initiations, then it was a sort of a processing of the... Of it was the a processing. He was taking in all of the different traditions uh, from the Druids, from the Essenes and the Druids. And as well, I, in my research, I came across the fact that the Druids and the Essenes were taught by the same people from Atlantis. And that the Druids were given one part of the story and the Essenes were given another. And that's why after the crucifixion uh, that Joseph of Arimathea uh, went to uh, England and started the, 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 the first uh, sacred church and planted the, um, the, the three at Weariall Hill. And that's where the, the, the first in the initiation took place after the crucifixion. So, so what is the significance of the, of the tree in, uh, in Glastonbury? Well, and the significance of the tree in Glastonbury is that it flowers twice a year. It flowers on Christmas Day, and it flowers on Easter Sunday. And Joseph of Arimathea is supposed to have planted his staff there, and that's what the tree grew out of. And does it, symbol, does it symbolize something else, though, to do with the, the, the ceremonies? The ceremonies, it, 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 well, it's about purity, but it's also Glastonbury is supposed to be the heart, heart chakra of the world. And so here you are with the heart chakra of the Christ consciousness is all heart-based. It's all about the Christ consciousness. And I think that's why Joseph of Arimathea went to Glastonbury. I asked that question, Finbar, because we have a graft of that tree in my hometown here in Canada, in Victoria, British Columbia, which is interesting, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming up to our, our next break, and we'll continue with this fascinating discussion with Tim Barbaras. When we return, it's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 
Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And we're having a fascinating discussion today with Finbar Ross who is talking about the sacred feminine, Christ consciousness, and the second coming of the Christ within, as well as leading some wonderful sacred site tours around the globe. So perhaps before we get back to our discussion, Finbar, you could tell people uh, how they can connect to you through your website and perhaps some of the trips that you've got coming up for the rest of the year. Okay. My website is www.CelticMysticalJourneys.com. Spelled with a C, C E L T I C, mysticaljourneys.com. And for the rest of this year, I have uh, sacred journeys to Ireland, um, to England, uh, to uh, France, uh, Turkey, uh, Egypt, and Peru. All, all within this year? Well, you're going to be pretty busy. Yeah, I, I, I have. Um, uh, right now I'm in Scotland, and then I go to Ireland, and then I have two tours, one after the other in England, and that takes me up to the end of July, and then I take the month of August off, and then I come back, and uh, I start in Ireland for two weeks, then I go to France, uh, then I go to Turkey. Turkey is magnificent, absolutely wonderful stuff to do with the goddess and Mother Mary and you name it. it it's, it's just beautiful in Turkey. And then I go to Egypt and then I go to uh, Peru and I'm in Peru for 12, 12, 12 or 11, 11, 11. Oh, well, that's going to be another, another powerful day. So yeah, we were in the... Egypt last year for uh, 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, yeah. yeah. So triple www.CelticMysticalJourneys.com is the website. So uh, let's, uh, let's continue the journey of, of Christ after the crucifixion because I do want to talk with you about uh, the energies and the circumstances of the south of France. So continue, continue the story after the crucifixion and what happened. Well, after the crucifixion, I believe that Joseph of Arimathea then... My understanding is that Joseph of Arimathea uh, took Mary Magdalene first to to uh, Egypt, and there she gave birth to a child, and it was a boy. And that Joseph of Arimathea then took Mary Magdalene to France, 
but she was um, very, uh, you know, she was traveling incognito, and she already had a daughter, and it is said that she was fearful for the life of her son, and that Joseph of Arimathea took the child and took it to Glastonbury, and that the child, the boy, was raised in Glastonbury. And um, then the tradition is as well that after that, Jesus and Mary Magdalene visited Scotland, and that while they were in Scotland, that Mary Magdalene gave birth to another child. And if you go to uh, St. John's Church in Glastonbury and, and the sacred window there, it tells you that the, the staff is representing um, the, that is a window with Joseph of Arimathea with the staff representing the son of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And then there are two crutes representing the two daughters. Oh, I see. So yeah. the three represented the son. Yes. Oh, interesting. And the two crutes represented the two daughters. Wow. And and then, of course, Mary Magdalene is uh, the... Uh, the tradition attached to her is that she came ashore at St. Maurice de la Mer, which is uh, a magnificent uh, place uh, just south of Arles in, in the south of France. And it's where uh, St. Sarah is in the Basilica there. And it's where every year on the 24th and 25th of May, there is the huge St. Sarah Festival, which is also known as the Gypsy Festival. And St. Sarah is taken down by procession to the sea. And there's a little ceremony at the sea, and then she's brought back. And the following day, on the 25th, uh, Mary Salome and Mary Jacoby are taken down because they have the relics of of, um, of those in the in the basilica, and the casket containing those are taken down to the uh, sea the following day. It's a, a magnificent, magical time to be in France. And just explain and, to uh, the, just explain to our <coughs> listeners the significance of the relics. Pardon. The significance of the relics is the energy of the of the the Marys. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the energy of the Marys. You can actually. It's absolutely amazing when you walk behind that casket. The energy that flows from that casket and touches your heart is absolutely amazing. So you've been involved in these processions yourself. I've been involved, and it's like all you want to do is cry. You are so happy. You are so joy-filled, and you have tears running down your face, and you don't know why you're crying. It's just absolutely amazing. And it's it's just a, a, a really, really wonderful experience. In the same way as you can be standing in... in um, I find that uh, there's a, a well in the, uh, the Basilica there at St. Marie's de la Mar, and you can sit or stand by that well, and if there's some issues you want to get rid of or some issues that you don't even know you have, they will come up for you right there at that well. I have had so many experiences. I had experiences about abandonment there myself. I didn't even know I had abandonment issues until I was there at that well, and then I suddenly found out all of the different things as times that I felt abandoned in my life. And I, it I just blew me away 
because I had never thought of them as abandonment. And so different things like that, all sorts of magical things can happen at these sacred places. And I've had so many people have had wonderful healings at the well, and there is a a place where you can sit over underneath the window, and you sit there, and it's like a vortex, and people have different experiences there. And you can be crying one minute, you can be laughing the next minute, and sometimes you have no idea why you're crying or laughing. You're just feeling the energy and allowing it to, to, to flow through you. And that's the key thing, isn't it? It's just allowing it to happen and not question it, not, not try and work it all out, but just allow it to happen. Just allow it to happen. And, and uh, you know, maybe that night you'll get all the answers in your dreams or you'll have a, a, or in your meditation. Something will happen that will give you everything as it's going to be. And it all, you, you know, it's... The great thing about going into this basilica is you give yourself time to be. And when you're there, just allow the energies to work with you, as you would in any sacred site. But this, there is something about a well and water that is very purifying. And I believe that it was, it's like in, in the cave, in the grotto, in, in Mary Magdalene's grotto at St. Baum. Uh, there is a part within the, in the cave there, there where I believe that that Mary Magdalene um, did water initiations, and uh, you can go up there and touch the water, and you can feel it, and you can understand what she was doing, and you can feel her presence. And you talk and, about you talk about the significance sorry. of the of the holy well. So also including that, what is the significance of, of the cave? You've talked about a number of the, these well-known um, spiritually enlightened beings spent a long, long times in, inside the caves. What's the combination of the water and the cave? What, what does that add to the situation? Well, in the cave that Mary Magdalene lived in the grotto uh, at St. Baum, it was always um, known as a holy mountain. And underneath it is a, a large, large aqueduct. And it was, uh, it's supposed to have uh, sacred water in it. And it was known as the Temple of Isis before. And people were coming there because it was associated with Isis. And so then suddenly Mary Magdalene appears in the same place. And you have all the water that's there. And so she is there sitting on top. Our body is all water, as you know, sort of 90% of our our body is is water. And so here she is sitting on top of this vast reservoir of water in this cave. And there is um, a well within the cave, and you can hear it. And this well is constantly running. And if you listen carefully, there's a certain place down in the second level of the cave where you sit there and you can feel the droplets of water happening. And if you stand there and you can feel stuff moving away from your body, you can feel yourself letting things go. There's about four sacred PowerPoints within the cave that you can go to. And at each one of them, you will have a different experience. 
Now, sometimes you might run into a little trouble with the the Dominican priests that are there, <laughs> which I have, which I have from time to time. So I have to have a lookout now for some of the things that I do in there. And so I have to do things with individually. I can't take a group in certain places in the cave anymore. They get very upset with me. They tell me it's reserved for the priests. Only the, so, only the priests can get the benefit, hey? <laughs> only the priests can get the benefit, yeah. And so one lady said to him one day, ah, but he is a priest. I said, yes, ah. he's a Catholic priest. <laughs> so suddenly you're she okay said, again. <laughs> he's of the universal church, but he said, not the Roman Catholic church. She said, no, he's not of the Roman Catholic church. <laughs> So, so Fimbo, uh, when, when you uh, again, when you when you take people to these sites, obviously um, there's a need to sort of tune in and bring yourself to a place where you can c- connect with and 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 feel these energies. How how do you take people into that place? I just. Teach them, or I tell them how to take some deep breaths and just get themselves into a nice centered place. Because when in some of the places I take them, they're there on their own. Because I have to leave because we can't be seen by the priest. <laughs> so yeah. I take them behind the altar. There's a certain place behind the altar where I take them, and they have to do a little climbing. And so I tell them, don't you dare move out of there until I come back to get you. <laughs> As if a priest arrives and they've got to stay hidden. And so I get them to just get themselves in as if they were going into a deep meditation and see what spirit brings them and see what Mary Magdalene has to say to them and see how they connect up with her. Wow. So what's the next step from, uh, in terms of developing what happened in the south of France? Was there, was there an Essene community set up there, actually? There was an Essene community at Mount Bougerac, which is uh, pretty close to Rennes-le-Chateau. Oh, we're actually coming up to our final break, Pimbar, so let's save that discussion for after the break, and we'll talk about Mount Bougerac and Rennes-le-Chateau. It's Peter Tan okay. for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to the last segment of Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, myheartcenteredjourney.com for our Ambassadors of Light program and our beautiful Chalice of Light developing there. And a reminder that Fimbar Ross's website is www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and he's got a whole bunch of wonderful sacred sites who is organized for the rest of this show and I would love to uh, to be joining you, Fimbar. So we were talking a little bit before the break about uh, the Essene community that got developed in the Mount Bougerac, which is in the Rennes-le-Chateau area of France. So let's talk a bit about that. Um. My understanding is that there was about six um, same communities in, uh, around the, the world in, in different places, but uh, some in Egypt, and one was seemingly about, started about um, 100 BC, and that they were there set up uh, and had a thriving community at Mount Bujarak, which again is... A sacred mountain, and they, 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 there was always something of significance because it was aligned uh, to the planets. It's aligned, as uh, Peter knows much more about the sacred zodiac of uh, Renault Chateau uh, than I do. I'm, I'm just a novice about the, the zodiac of the of uh, Renault Chateau, but it was part of the, the zodiac, and as well, again, it comes out that there is a cave uh, in um, Mont Bougerac and that they had a thriving community there, and that there was, um, it went on seemingly uh, to about uh, 400 AD. And then it, it kind of faded away because their job was done of what they needed to do. And, and Rennes-le-Chateau has, has become quite well known as a result of the Da Vinci Code and all that stuff. So what's your understanding of what was going on there and, and uh, the priest Saunier? I believe that uh, the priest tapped into uh, an amazing energy. Uh, he, I also believe that he did find some ancient scrolls and that uh, these scrolls were passed along to the bishops. And uh, I think the scrolls are in Rome. But I, I believe that there was a whole thing there about the lineage of Jesus and Mary Magdalene and how the families were all tied together. So you think there was information in those scrolls indicating that? Yes. And, and when you go to Rennes Chateau on your journeys, what, what are you picking up energetically there? I'm picking up that... <clears throat> This is a place that one needs to um, be very still in because there is so much um, whirling energy there in that you go there, you look at the symbology. There is a lot of symbology in the church. It's it's like you know the, the tartan and the and and the moon and and there is so many things in the church that you have to to look at and the, and as you know the tartan is about lineage and so and it it's the same thing you would find that saint andrew is here in scotland and he's wearing a tartan cloak but 
and that again comes back to the lineage, and that's why when you go back and you have the tartan in the in the in the uh, on the stations of the cross, it's again coming back to the lineage. There are a lot of clues in that uh, little chapel out there. You can spend the rest of your life in there. Hello. I was just saying, Simba, there's a there's a lot of clues in that chapel in Renle Chateau. You can uh, spend the rest of your life in there. Oh, you could spend. It's it's like being in Chatter's Cathedral. It's it's like a it's like a book in stone, and a book. It's a, it's a book of symbology. Yeah, absolutely. And you could be there. And every time I go there, I see something new. Yeah, yeah. So you how do the uh, how do the Catholic... the first time, and then you see it again the next time? Yeah, yeah. How do the uh, Cathars of uh, Carcassonne and Montségur fit into this picture? Well, I believe that they were carrying the message of Mary Magdalene. And I believe that, you know, that the church kind of had a, an immediate almost schism where one lot of people followed um, Peter and one lot followed Mary Magdalene like James and John and, and um, Matthew uh, they and Andrew. They went with Mary Magdalene. And you will find that they were the much more mystical side of the teachings of Jesus, and that you then had the elders go with with um, with Peter. So I think there was a little jealousy, you know, there from the very beginning, and she was she was the because she was the foundation of the Christ consciousness. She was the one that was grounded in the earth. And I believe that this is also one of the reasons why um, Mother Mary appeared down in Lourdes, that it's all tied into the same stream of consciousness. And Lourdes is another spectacular place, isn't it, underneath the cave it, with the, the energies there? The, uh, the energy is there, and when you go into that grotto and you feel the energies, and, and uh, the, again, there's because the, the, the water is covered with a glass uh, uh, over the, the, the holy well, but as you teach people to go in and um, feel through their, the palms of their hands the energy of the water, they have amazing experiences. And I have yet to take a person to, in 10 years, I have not had a person in Lourdes that have not had an experience in Lourdes. Yeah. It's a very, very special place. It's one of those few places I've been to where it doesn't seem to matter that there is a, a, a huge cathedral built on the top. It's, it's still completely uh, flowing in its natural energy state. Yeah, you have to just ignore all of that. And what I do with, with people is at 9 o'clock when they start the healing uh, procession, yep. that's when I take my people down to um, the, the grotto. Oh, okay. And go okay. down there. Because then there's very few people down there, so you can move through it. And yep. um, and as you know, this year, when I was there last year, uh, a person that you and I know ended up having five minutes in the grotto on her own. <laughs> yes, not another soul there. Yeah, yeah. And I Fantastic. have not ever had that happen before. So, Finbar, and, and sadly, we, we could talk for hours about this. It's wonderful stuff. We're coming up to the end of the show. So I just want to give you the chance to, to give, give us some closing words about what you 
what, from what you know and what is happening with people, what you see happening in our world where there's all these predictions around, what is your sense of what's actually going to take place? I believe that, that we are all being awakened to a certain level and that each of us in and in, I believe in I believe it's it's 2013 when the um, the major awakening will take place. I believe that we possibly will move to a parallel universe. We will still be on Earth, and the people that want to uh, be consciously awake will be on one level of the of the of the universe and the people who don't want to be awake and aware will be in another dimension that is just my personal belief i think that's where we're heading well that would be a really interesting uh, experience for us to have do you have a date for that timba uh, i believe in in the in the spring of 2013 excellent well thank you so much this has been a phenomenal show and i really appreciate you taking the time during your sacred site mission and uh, I hope you enjoy a wonderful rest of the trip. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. So my guest next week is uh, Dr. June Maffin who has written a book called Soulistry, Artistry of the Soul, Creative Ways to Nurture Your Spirituality. And June is encouraging all of us to journal to really get a sense of who we are and, and our real purpose in life. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It's been a fabulous one with Finbar. Enjoy the lunar eclipse, uh, which is about to take place any minute now, and also the summer solstice next week, which I think takes place about 10.17 in the morning. hope you've enjoyed the show. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tongue for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by voice america talk radio network its staff and management.